0: There is another aspect or factor in mind important to pay attention to important for developing a deeper understanding of how the mind and body work together and that is the factor of intention. Before every volitional movement of the body There is an an intention in the mind. A dead body doesn't move because there is no consciousness present. The link between the mind and the body is this factor of intention, of volition. You can experience intention on different levels. One level of intention can be experienced as a thought, almost as a plan, that is, there's a thought intending to do something. On a more subtle level, the intention is the experience of that moment which directly precedes the movement or activity. It can be thought of as the about-to moment. About to stand, and then the standing. About to reach, and then the reaching. About to stop, and then the stopping. It's the awareness of the moment before the action actually happens. This moment before is not particularly experienced as a sensation or as a thought. Rather, it's the space just before the action in which you know that the action is about to happen. Generally, we move too quickly to be aware of these intentions. We find ourselves in the middle of an action before we know quite how we got there. If you move slowly with attentiveness, you can become aware of this moment before the action begins. And in that moment, you can be aware of the knowing or the sense that the action is about to happen. The awareness of the space of intention opens up a whole new possibility in the mind. If we're aware of intention before the action happens there's a possibility of applying some wise reflection, discriminating wisdom to that intention. We can determine whether the action is skillful, whether it's not skillful. So it opens a new place of freedom in the mind rather than acting out automatically and habitually. So as you go through the day begin to pay attention to the intentions before different movements. As you're sitting, you may find sometime during the sitting that your back or your posture has slumped. Before straightening the back, First be aware of the slumped posture, that there's full mindfulness of that experience. Note the intention to straighten, the fact that you're about to straighten, and then the actual movement of straightening. So you become aware of the entire process of the mind and body. you can begin to trace or to see the cause and effect relationship. At times, the body is the cause and a mind state is the effect. At times, the mind state is the cause and a bodily movement is the effect. The slumped posture, which is the awareness of the body becomes the cause of the intention arising in the mind. Intention is a mental factor. The intention, in turn, which is a mental factor, becomes the cause of the body straightening, which is a bodily movement. So you begin to see how this process is a cause and effect unfolding, going both ways between the mind and body. At the end of the sitting, when you hear the bell, to stay with the hearing. Notice the intention before opening the eyes. And then the act, the opening the intention before any movement, and then the movement. You'll find that working with intention in this way is a tremendous help and aid in refining the quality of perception. It's possible for the mindfulness to become very precise and accurate in its understanding of this process of mind and body. So we begin by working with the breath, refining the quality of perception and the sensations of the in and out, the air passing the nostrils or the sensation of the movement, the chest and abdomen. And see how carefully you can feel those sensations Keeping a soft continuity of awareness through the entire breath. Feeling the nuances and the subtleties of each breath. If there's a space or pause between breaths, be aware of the touch point. Staying with that sensation until the next breath comes by itself. So there's no rushing or forcing or hastening or interfering with the breath. Staying settled back into the moment, allowing all phenomena to arise and pass by itself. As sensations in the body become predominant, that is, come into the foreground of the attention rather than the background, then the attention shifts from the breath gently to the awareness of those sensations. See how close you can bring the attention. That it's not observation from a distance, but a close contact the mindfulness with the actual sensation that's present. Seeing how carefully and how softly it can be felt. When it's no longer in the foreground, no longer predominant, again returning to the in-out, arising and falling. And be watchful Are attentive for the arising of any predominant mind states. Noting thoughts as they come into the mind and pass away without getting involved or lost in them. Simply noting that a thought is present. When there are moods or emotions or different mental states which are predominant whether they're pleasant or happy states, or unpleasant states, simply to become aware and to explore the nature of them. Sadness, happiness, anger, joy, interest, boredom, excitement, dullness, fear, elation. Whatever mind state, should become predominant, should be noticed so that there is not an unconscious identification with that part of experience. The mind states or emotions or moods like thoughts, like sensations, like the breath are part of the passing show of experience to settle back and be aware of the arising and passing away of each of these aspects. And to be watchful now also of intention, that moment before an action begins in which you know that you're about to do something, the about to moment Make the note of intending and then be aware from the very beginning of the subsequent action. Do you have any questions about working with this in practice? Yes. question was when you change the focus of attention from the breath For example, to hearing or to a sensation, do you note intention? There's no particular need to note intention at that time. Intention is a common mental factor, which means that it arises in every moment of consciousness. But it's only at some particular times that that factor is predominant. And we want to work with intention at the time that it's most predominant. Those times, for example, are between or before radical changes of posture or movement. Um, and so, for the most part, I would begin with noticing those. Otherwise, I think you'll find yourself getting too involved in a not a not a productive way.
1: meditation, there's intention lifting and placing the foot. Do we notice that too?
0: That would be helpful to notice that. You want, especially in the next few days, with intention, start off noticing the ones that are most obvious and most predominant. As your mind gets quieter, automatically you'll notice more and more of them. If you start out trying to notice every single intention, I think that you'll get quite um, crazy. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's an area to begin to go into, because it's a very important one. And again, as, as the mind gets quiet, automatically you'll be aware of more intentions, because they're there. It's not that we're creating anything. It's becoming sensitive to something that's part of the process already. you
1: just say that in every moment of consciousness? And that seems startling somehow. We don't understand what the word intention is. Could you say
0: more about that? I don't want to get into that now. It's it's a um, It's a good Abhidharma question and you should pursue it with Munindraji. <laughs> <laughs> You may have difficulty in pinpointing the intention if you're looking for a specific, tangible object. Instead of having a preconception of some sensation that you can note as intention, I think it's more helpful... if you think of it simply as the space before the action. And in that space, the knowing that you're about to do it. And so it's very subtle. It's more subtle than a bodily sensation. Immediately following that sense of knowing you're about to do something, will come the very first mm, muscle sensations initiating the action. But those sensations are not the intention. The intention comes before that. It's as if you're walking to the door and you are going to reach for the door. So you walk and you walk and you walk. And it's almost as if there's a moment's pause before the reaching. In that, pause is almost too strong a word, but it's just that moment before and then the reaching. You'll see. You'll see in your experience as you investigate. You get more aware of what that moment is like. Just don't necessarily try to Think it has to be filled with a particular tangible object. That's where people often get confused.
1: have to uh, precognition of events in the phenomenal world, like within us, we can um, sometimes see or hear events within us without the necessary impact of the organs or the sensory input happening, yet it goes on within us. Does this have any relation to the uh, characteristic of the intention?
0: Um, it might have some relation, but I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what that relation would be. <coughs> the phenomenon is somewhat different, though, because there can be an intuition, what you call a precognition, Experienced as a thought or as an image in the mind, which is different than a volition to do something. Yeah. Um.
1: When, uh, when one hears within the mind in a very audible way some some particular voice or sound or or sees an experience in audit form and variety and color. And then it actually happening just before it
0: occurs. What sense does that arise from? You could, you could think of it as arising from that intuitive capacity of mind. When the mind is silent, there are so many capacities which open up. Right? And it's not invited, it's just it's an arising for the purpose of the practice there's no particular importance placed on that phenomenon right? rather that that precognition as a thought or as an image should be treated as any other thought or image as simply arising and passing if in the next moment the actual action or experience happens fine then then you notice that but it's not to get um, too concerned yeah. with. I, I realized
1: that at the same time that I heard about intention um, of being a uh, present within within every present within every yeah. moment um, that question yeah. seems to be relative somehow
0: it, it, it might be somehow <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> one last question between
1: thinking about pain and awareness
0: of pain? Right, good question. Distinguishing between thinking about pain and the awareness of pain. Thinking means words in the mind. When we have these words going on, oh, the pain hurts, the pain is like this, the pain is like that, my poor leg... All of those are thoughts, that's thinking about it. The awareness of the pain is free of thought, free of words, and is the direct experience of the sensation. In other words, what is what is the experience of pain? It's the sensation of throbbing, of burning, of stabbing, of pulling, of pressure, of tension. And even those words are simply words or thoughts describing the actual sensation. When when the awareness is right with it or in the sensation, there's no word present. Do you follow? I do. Thank you. And it's very important to go from the word level to the experience, to the actual awareness level. Because it's on the awareness level that you will experience most clearly the the changing nature of it. When we when we're too lost in the word or the concept, it tends to solidify the experience. When we drop into the awareness level, the direct perception level, we see that the experience is constantly changing and moving. I think if you have more questions you can come up. So See if you can carry through now as you stand up and go to the walking, the awareness of intention and then the movement. You'll find that as you do that, it very much helps with the continuity of careful, precise awareness through the day. Because it, it keeps us from rushing into activity. Uh, it, it allows for that state of being settled back.